morning, everybody. Um, I am so happy to have Poonam speaking with us this morning. I have heard her at least three times. She lives near me in Marin in Northern California at the north end of the Golden Gate Bridge. And her message on the 11th step and her abstinence and serenity tied to that are very inspiring. So I'm grateful to be able to share her with you today. And Poonam, thank you for coming. So thank you, everybody. It's wonderful to see so many faces in these times. I'm Poonam. I'm a compulsive overeater. I've been coming to the program for 16 or 17 years. When I came into the program, I felt hopeless. I felt desperate. I was 100 pounds more than I weigh today. I had tried every single thing that's out there, and nothing seemed to work. Nothing worked for me. But thankfully, I found the program. I kept coming back. Even when, my, even when I was yo-yoing, I kept coming back. And gradually, the message of coming back worked for me. And a miracle happened. Miracle happened. I got the recovery. And recovery is not one thing. It just keeps deepening. And I'm at a place where I no longer recognize how I looked on the outside, but also I, how I feel on the inside. I've been abstinent for 10 years. It's been a really clean, unbroken abstinence. I'm extremely fortunate for that. And I realized, I learned in the program that I'm a physical being, I'm this body. And for my physical recovery, I need a plan of eating, which I need to follow every day. Beyond this physical body, I have a mind. It's a mental disease. And for that, I need coming to meetings. And I need to do writing, honest, thorough, searching writing. And beyond my mind, I'm a spiritual being. And I need spiritual recovery. And for me, that has taken the form of meditation. Because when I meditate, that's when I connect most deeply and most swiftly with my higher power. When I meditate, I go deep within myself. And that connection is so essential for me. When I connect with my higher power, it plugs the hole so I no longer need to eat. When I connect with my deepest self, it's the self that goes over all my hurts, all the things that eat me on the inside and make me want to eat. And so it's my most profound tool. It's the subtlest, but the most important tool in my arsenal today. And I, I meditate like clockwork, no matter what's happening in my life, morning and evening. When I meditate, I feel refreshed. I feel energized. I feel connected to a deep sense of harmony inside of myself and outside of myself. I feel connected to something much larger than myself. So my cares fall away. My anxieties fall away. Few weeks after I started meditating, my mother said to me, you're no longer angry like, I used, like you used to be. And I hadn't realized that I was an angry person or I was carrying that around. What it has brought me among other things is a very strange feeling when I first started feeling it, a feeling of self-love and self-compassion. And it was so strange because I'd never experienced that before in my life. And I can honestly say that my committee has folded up and gone. I've been doing this practice since 2009. It has gone. What there is, is somebody so loving who always talks to me in a loving manner and says, it's all right, honey. You tried. You always try hard. You are sincere. And, uh, oh, you can do it this way. No big deal. 
a lot of my traumas of childhood are gone and even the scars of those are gone because I came in with sexual abuse and things. And it's amazing to me, amazing. I didn't set out to learn how to meditate. I accidentally fell into it when on a trip to India, somebody took me to see this monk who had been meditating for 40 years. I didn't want to go. I went under strict protest and he said to me, if you do this for 20 minutes every morning and 20 minutes every evening, you will see what will happen. He didn't say what will happen. I was curious. So I decided to give it a try. And I came back and I said, okay, two months, I can do something for two months, maybe. And I said to him, 20 minutes? He said, well, do it for 10. I'm like, 10 minutes every morning, every, like, okay, do it for five. So I came back and First thing in the morning, I started getting up, sitting in my bed and meditating. And then every evening, I would come home, drop my bags, go straight to the bedroom. I would meditate and then I would come out. And it just transformed. It transformed my life. And it's no accident that my abstinence, which was yo-yoing for years, became a solid abstinence only after I started practicing meditation. So why do we learn to meditate? We learn to meditate because our daily lives are so full of stresses. We have stresses of commute, of jobs, relationships, money, politics, children, all sorts of stresses that come at us. And because of these stresses, our nervous system gets tied up in knots or kinks. So less and less of our mental capacity is available to us. And so diseases start coming away. We get too stressed, physiological harm happens, and we just chalk it up to the process of getting old. Just this is life, take some pills and go on. But the good news is that it can all be reversed. It can all be reversed if we get deep rest. And meditation is the one that provides deep rest. It provides rest far deeper than the rest we can get in sleep. So they have measured the amount of rest we get by the amount of oxygen we consume. So when we are sleeping, the amount of oxygen we need goes down by about 8%. So we get 8% rest. But when we meditate, especially using this technique, the oxygen requirement goes down on an average of 18 to 20%. The rest we get is many times the rest of sleep. And I say this technique because I was already meditating before I learned this technique. But the moment I learned it, it was so effective and so much simpler that I never looked back. So, if the rest is that profound, it is important. It's, it's not the duration of rest, but the depth of rest is, that is important. Once the rest is deep, the knots of the nervous system start opening up and healing starts taking place because the body has the capacity to heal if it gets the rest. So what do we do for rest? For physical rest, we sit comfortably in a chair and I invite all of you to sit comfortably because instead of telling you the benefits, everybody knows the benefits of meditation. Instead of telling you what it's like for me, I would like to share what has brought me so much healing. So sit comfortably, have a pillow or something behind the back. If that seat is not comfortable in middle of meditation, feel free to get up and change positions. Feel free to scratch an itch, whatever it takes. The only requirement is make sure your head is free. So the head is not leaning against a pillow, but the back is supported, well supported, because most of us can't sit very long without a good back support. And then for mental rest, we use a sound. So the sound we use is not just any sound, it's a sound that has been experimented with, selected, and carefully passed from one generation of teachers to the next. 
the sound has a very special property. It has the property of taking the mind deep within so it can go through the various layers of the mind till it goes and settles at the very bottom. And as the mind follows the sound, it gets deeper and deeper rest. And the sound deliberately doesn't have a meaning because the moment a meaning is involved, the mind attaches itself to the meaning. The sound also has the property of disappearing when the mind reaches a certain level of rest. So the sound Ten minutes. is called, thank you, is called a mantra. The mantra we will take is reen. It doesn't have a meaning. We'll begin by saying the sound aloud, then gradually more softly and more softly and more softly, till it becomes a whisper and goes beyond a whisper, till we are just thinking it softly in our mind. I will begin saying it, and I invite you to say it after me. So close your eyes, and we'll start saying, Reem, 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 Reem. Open the eyes and we'll close the eyes again and continue thinking dreams softly for a little bit longer. We'll open the eyes. We'll notice that sometimes the sound of ream becomes longer and sometimes it becomes shorter on its own. It could become ream or it could become ream. It could become faster. Ream, 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 or it could be slower. Ream, ream. Whatever it wants to do by itself, we allow it to happen. We don't control it in any way because we don't want to control the mind in any way. So we'll experience one once again. Please close the eyes.
close the, sorry, open the eyes. Well, notice that the sound sometimes starts becoming hazy or unclear, or parts of the mantra may disappear altogether. So it could just become re, it could become mm. And if that happens, we allow it to happen as well. Because the sound is designed to become hazy or disappear altogether once the mind starts getting to a certain place of rest. And the whole idea is in this, in this technique is not to focus. We don't control the mind. We don't focus on the mantra. It's just a gentle thing on the side. So we allow the changes to happen. We'll experience once again. Please close the eyes. Gently open the eyes. So you might have noticed that not only the sound of the mantra changes, it becomes longer or shorter, becomes hazy or vague. And when it does all those things, we just allow it to do whatever it's doing. But some thoughts start coming in the mind. It is really important to understand the relationship of the thoughts to meditation in this particular meditation. The thoughts are nothing but an indication that stresses of the mind are being released. They have started coming out. Just as when we wash a garment, we see the dirt coming out with the soapy water. In the same way, when the internal process of cleaning begins, the thoughts start, the stresses start coming out in the form of thoughts. So in the language of nervous system, when the knots and the kinks that are formed, 
when they start opening up, it creates activity in the mind and takes the form of thoughts. So thoughts during this meditation are beneficial. We do not want to stop the thoughts. We do not want to remove the thoughts. We just allow them to be. And we gently add the mantra as a side thing. So it's possible that on one hand, the thoughts could be going on. And on the other hand, the mantra could be going on. And the two of them could move parallel to one another. Sometimes it would happen that we even forget that we are meditating because we are in a fog of thoughts. And if that happens, once the realization comes, oh, I was meditating, then we gently add the mantra because all that means is that we hit a stress cluster because these these tensions start being removed, these stresses start being removed directly in correspondence to the level of rest we are getting. If the mind comes to this level and then the stresses at that particular level start getting removed, if the mind gets more rest, then stresses at that corresponding level start being removed. So stresses are being removed. That's the main purpose of the meditation because that means that we have that much more mental capacity that's freed up once we come out of the meditation to deal with life, to deal with the things that are coming at us from all around. And when we are meditating, we don't classify the thoughts. We don't classify this is important thought or not important thought, good thought, bad thought. We just allow them to be just the way they are and just add the mantra as a side thing, giving the mantra a slight preference. At no point do we concentrate on the mantra because doing so could bring on a headache. So we just allow that. We will experience some more. So please close the eyes.
Please open the eyes. You'll notice that sometimes if the mind gets enough rest and because the mind and body are connected, the body starts getting enough rest, we might start feeling sleepy, especially if there's a backlog of sleep and we might even fall asleep. If that happens, we allow it to happen. We don't resist sleep and we don't invite it either. So we don't lie down and sleep. If that happens, we sleep sitting up itself because lying down means inviting sleep. We're so conditioned to sleeping the moment we lie down. So we sleep sitting up itself. Our head might droop over the chest if we fall asleep. After a while, we'll wake up, we'll get reminded, oh, I was sleeping. So we just gently straighten the head and continue meditating. Because the job of sleep is really important also, it clears the stresses in the top 8% of the layers of the mind, so the meditation can do the rest. So we don't resist it, we don't invite it, we just allow it to happen if it comes on its own. That's the last important instruction before we meditate some more. At the end of meditation, I will ask you to keep your eyes closed and sit for another minute or two, and then I'll ask you to open the eyes. But when I ask you, please stop thinking the mantra at that point and just sit quietly for additional two minutes. So we'll close the eyes and start thinking the mantra again and meditate.
We'll stop thinking the mantra, but sit with the eyes closed. When we are ready, gently open the eyes. Rub your palms together. Rub them on the face, top of the head. Give it a good stretch. I hope you experience some rest, some peace. And if you didn't, because there were a lot of thoughts, remember, that's really beneficial as well. All that means is that much more internal cleaning was taking place. That much more stresses were being removed. So that's a productive meditation, as my teacher would say. And for me, the meditation, when it connects me to my inner self and I get connected to the deeper sense of harmony and well-being and expansiveness, then no matter what is happening in my life, I feel, I get the sense that my life is moving just the way it should, just the way it should. COVID, no COVID, I've lost businesses. I've lost two houses in the economic downturn. I'm just starting studying for a new career. But no matter what is happening, my life seems to be moving in perfect harmony, in greater alignment. And uh, it's a blessing. It's a blessing. It's my halt, hungry, angry, lonely, tired. All I have to do is close my eyes and turn inwards. And I'm fed in a far deeper way than the refrigerator can feed me. Because food I have learned just takes me to self-hatred. Whereas this dissolves the inner stuff that's eating me, that's eating me. So I hope that some people at least would like to give this a try. And if this wasn't your thing, I ask for your forgiveness. Because I've talked about this process many, many times. I've talked about what it does for me, but I thought maybe I should share what I actually do so people can try it for themselves. It's a very deep and vast subject. 30 or 40 minutes doesn't do it justice. So questions will come up. And I'll take some of your questions with what little time I have. The others, please, I encourage you to contact me. My phone number is 510-604-0799. The secretary will repeat it also. My email is punamsmiles at gmail.com. P-U-N-A-M, smiles, one word. Feel free to reach out to me. I'm always happy to talk about meditation. It just fulfills me so much. I want to share it. I want to talk about it. I want to practice it. It's just, it's just blessings uh, that I can't even count. 
it's transformed my life just as OA has transformed my life. I never expected to be sitting here today. Thank you very much. And I will open it up for questions. Thank you, Poonam. So as she said, we do have time for questions. If you would like to ask a question, please raise your hand using the raise hand button in the participants panel. And our tech co-host, I believe is Karen, will help yeah. uh, by unmuting you so you can go ask, you can ask your questions. Uh, we've got Paul K and um, Paul, I'm going to go ahead and ask you to unmute. Thanks. Um, thanks, Poonam. I uh, appreciate that. I, and uh, I was just curious, is that a form of like transcendental meditation where you might need to like receive a mantra from a teacher or um, I was thinking about borrowing that mantra. I haven't done transcendental meditation yet, but I've just heard about it. Seems similar. Um, I'm not, uh, that's a very good question. Uh, I'm not, um, I think just by the, by the nature of the meeting, I'm not uh, supposed to go into particular uh, right. meditations, but please yeah. ask me sure. outside the forum. Cool, thank you. Uh, Amanda from California. Oh, hi, I'm Amanda. I'm actually from Canada, but- I'm um, oh, sorry about that. <laughs> A little egocentric there, go ahead. <laughs> um, thank you so much for the um, wonderful session that you just gave us. Um, I really, really got a lot out of it. And so many things you said were so meaningful to me. Um, what I, my question is, is um, I've heard that meditating with others um, makes our meditation more powerful, stronger. And I just wondered if you could speak to that, of uh, your experiences with meditating with others and if it helped to improve your uh, meditation. Thank you. Um, absolutely. Meditation with others strengthens the energy of the meditation because underneath it all, we're all connected. We're all connected. When we are in our little worlds, we're all individual waves, but at the bottom of the waves, it's all one ocean. So we're all connected. When we come together for meditation, the energy of the meditation is just stronger. But it's not possible in our daily lives, morning and evening, if we do the practice to, to meditate together. So when possible, absolutely. Okay, I've got Emily Scott. Uh, I'm asking you to unmute. Hi, thank you. Um, your gift of graciousness and generosity is amazing. Thank you so much for everything that you've done for, for me and for many others here. A question regarding music. Um, how do you feel about having um, some background music? I ask specifically because like others, I have tinnitus ringing in my, in my ears, which can affect the process for me. And I'm curious what you would think about adding some instrumental music. Um, my teacher would say no. Um, because, because when we go inwards, we just experience that. But sometimes people have anxieties that come up when they're meditating because those anxieties are just anxieties that are already there and the meditation starts releasing them. So they start experiencing them. And sometimes it suits them to have music in the background or initially at least. But the thing is we don't want to be dependent on the music for meditation because this technique is so simple. We don't need any gear, we don't need anything. And once we start doing it, we can meditate anywhere. We can meditate in a parking lot, at the airport, at the doctor's office, really in a cafeteria anywhere because there could be sounds things could be happening but it doesn't affect us so. thank you i've got a uh, bonnie jean i'm going to ask you to unmute yeah i'm bonnie jean san diego 
And Punam, I just loved what you said at the very end, that meditation allows it to dissolve. It's not us. I mean, because we always hear, you know, what's eating you? And this is the first time I've heard something referred to that it dissolves what's eating me. And uh, I've been doing something called centering prayer, which is very similar for the last year or so. And so during the coronavirus and, and even before that, it's been purifying me. I've been really aware of how that just being quiet, how, yeah, it brings stuff to the surface so you can deal with it. I realized two different addictions during this coronavirus that I have other than compulsive overeating, and it's been really a blessing. The first one I was happy to find out about, the other one I wasn't, but that's not the point. The point is it's leading to healing, and I thank you for this. I'm looking forward to having the recording of this so I can have, you know, the guided practice with you as well as doing it on my own because I know I did that meditating first thing this morning, and it always, everything works that day because everything is focused that way. So thank you very much. Thank you. I don't see any other hands. We have time for another couple questions. Uh, I've got Diego G. I'm going to ask you to unmute. Thank, thank you. It was fantastic. An exercise. Um, I would like to ask about the breathing. The breathing. You never mentioned anything about breathing. I, I always thought meditation was linked to some kind of breathing. Could you say something about that, yes. please? Thank you. That's a very good question. Most techniques of meditation ask, uh, are dependent on some kind of concentration. So either they ask you to concentrate on breathing, they ask you to concentrate on the third eye or the heart chakra or something. Or they are contemplation-based. They ask you to con contemplate some texts from a scripture of some kind, the Bible, the Quran, the Bhagavad Gita, whatever. But this technique is the opposite of all those. So we don't concentrate on breathing. We don't concentrate on anything. We don't concentrate even on the mantra. We make no effort. It's the effortlessness that is important. Because any kind of effort we make creates tiredness eventually. When we come out of this meditation, usually the experience is higher energy. Uh, once in a while, when you come out of this meditation, if you're feeling tired, that means the stresses started being removed. But it's like a fist that hasn't fully opened. So they, they, they were in the process of opening and we got up from the meditation. So at that point, it's a good idea to meditate for a couple more minutes or lie down for five minutes and just know that that's what's happening. So it's the opposite of concentration. Thank you. Angie? Yes, anti-alcoholic, thank you. Um, do you have any tips for scheduling the afternoon time? Like when in the day do you do it? Um, anyway, that's my question. Really, really great question. So like anything else, like my abstinence, this is a practice mm -hmm. to get full benefits. I need to do it daily. So I need to do it first thing in the morning. And for me, I know that if I come out of the bedroom for coffee or whatever, I'm not going to meditate because there's mm -hmm. so many demands of the day that will surround me instantly. I'll get distracted. Mm -hmm. So my mm -hmm. practice is I go to the bathroom, I come back to the bed, I close my eyes and I meditate. Mm -hmm. In the evening, I have a rule for myself that I don't eat dinner unless I've meditated. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, there are some people on this planet who forget to eat dinner. That's never going to happen in my world. Never. So if that's my rule that no matter what, I'm not going to eat dinner unless I meditate, I will meditate. I will, no matter what is happening, it's a big family get together. My sisters are yelling and it's like, sorry, I got to go meditate because I can't eat dinner. Oh, you can eat just today. What? No, I can't eat. So I go meditate. Then I come out. My food tastes better. I can actually hear the conversations. I can be present. I can enjoy. 
I'm feeling really serene on the inside and I'm happy because happiness comes from within. We constantly search for, our mind is always looking for happiness. All we want is happiness in life, but it's not dependent on anything on the outside. It's just turning the direction of the mind inwards when we meditate and it's all there. It's all there. So that's just my practice. All right. Thank you, everyone. That's all the time we have for this session. I would like to thank Lynn and Poonam again for sharing their experience, strength and hope today, and all of the volunteers that made this session possible. Thank you. Thank you very much.